Good evening, guys. Welcome to episode 87 of La Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Munro. We made it, guys. We made it to the end of the season. And with me, I've got three three Roma fans who are open to chew the fat about the review of the 2020-2021 season for AS Roma in Serie A and Europe. Uh, with me today, I've got Sam Rubio. How are you, Sam? Hey, Scott. Uh... We left you. Uh, we left you on your own for a couple of weeks here. Uh, we're happy to be back. In like I was telling Inbred earlier, uh, good time to be back for the review of the season. Yeah, yeah. I actually got some really good feedback on uh, social media and from you guys over the last couple of weeks over the the three one on one episodes I did with Munir and the two other guys. So Calcio AS Roma and your guest that you sent me over, uh, Sam, who was on your Spanish podcast. Yeah, Owen, Owen Diana from Football Italia. Oh, yeah, Owen great. Diana, yeah. Also with us tonight, we've got Imran, the doctor. How are we, How are we, Imran? I haven't been better in a very, very long time. Thank you. <laughs> the season has <laughs> finally ended. The season is finally upon us and we don't have to watch any more Serie A until August. And also, we've got Daniel. How are we, Daniel? Very good. Also, huge relief here for the season to be over. A few months break of uh, watching Roma, I think, will do us all good. Yeah. Um, are we all going to be watching the Euros? Yep. Definitely we'll be think- watching the Euros. Yeah, I think I'll dip in. As a, as a as a Scotsman, dad's side of the family is Scottish, I think I've got, I will declare an interest for the first time in about 23 years. Scotland finally made it to a, a knockout tournament. Um, so guys, we've come to the end of the season. I just wanted to start, we'll start off with uh, Sunday's game, Spezia 2, AS Roma 2. Apart from myself, did anyone else watch it? Unfortunately, I did not watch it. Uh, I, I, I watched. I kind of watched the match after uh, a few hours later, but I kind of was half asleep through it. Um, I couldn't be able to tell you anything. I know it was the first time that it's probably better that I didn't watch it. I heard, um, <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know if the teams wanted to make conference league or not, but uh, I guess on the second half they woke up. Uh, and they made some European tournament. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? That's a, that'll be an important topic to discuss with everybody later. Yeah, I'll come to that at the end. So Imran and Daniel, um, I'll come to you, Imran. Um, that first half performance was pretty dire, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it felt like they already had ended the season, but they were in full holiday mode. So somehow they managed to grind out a result a point which proved to be vital. I mean depending which way you look at it. Yeah. Yeah, um it was I think the second half performance was a lot better than the first half. The first half was very, very kamikaze. It was attack versus defence and uh Spezia were just attacking at will. Uh, Daniel, did you have flashbacks to the Fonseca era where it would just be probably the Sassuolo game back in February 2020 where Spezia, who were just attacking at will? 
Yeah, I think the game kind of encapsulated uh, a lot of the elements of the Fonseca era in it. Um, uh, like you say, I mean, fortunately enough, we had the, a decent second half performance to recover it a bit, but, um, going into halftime, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of watching the second half through the holes in my, in my hands, you know, trying not to watch, but at the same time, hoping we'd get, uh, the goals back. Um, but it really felt like the kind of game where at the end of it, it was just so, so thankful that, it, that it was all over. Um, and that we managed to, to get the point in the end, but we really made it tough for ourselves after that first half. Yeah, I was just going to, I was going to mention to the two actually watch game. Sam, I don't disown you for not watching the game. To be honest, if it, if, if the season was a lot better, I'd probably, you'd probably fix your eyes on it. Um, could you see the body language on some of the players? We're looking a bit frustrated. Like Rick Cars up in the first half looked pretty peed off. And I, I think other players were cut, uh, cutting a frustrated figure. Um, do you think that sort of encapsulated the first half performance, Imran? Yeah, uh, it did, but then again, I think, like I said, the first half, it was, it was so dull and uh, defensively, the, it, it was actually kind of shocking, the stuff we were doing in, in the opening uh, 20 minutes. I mean, the defensive mistakes, it was like, like I said, it was like they were already in holiday mode and uh, it reflected you could reflect the reflection could be seen on the pitch, and even uh, Darboe, who had been playing well, you know, committing silly mistakes. So it was a strange, it was a strange match. A strange match to end a, a very strange season for Roma. I quickly glossed over the second half. Uh, come to you, Danny. The second half was a lot, lot better. Do you? Say that the introduction of um, Edin Dzeko changed the complex for Roma going forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he definitely made a, a big impact in the game. Helped to keep the ball a lot better. Um, yeah, I think um, towards the end of the season, you can definitely say that he's had um, some positive impact in the team. Um, and uh, when we've needed it, it has certainly helped. But um, even on the second goal, I thought we were a little bit fortunate to get away with, um, I think it was Jekko who was, I think they were having a VAR review over whether he made a foul in the box just prior to that. <laughs> and, um, I, it wasn't a foul for me, but I think I've seen those in Sierra given as a foul. So I think even up until that point, I was not really sure that it would, um, that it would go our way, but, um, he certainly made a, made an impact. Uh, yeah, if Calvarese was the referee and it was, uh, a, di- a different game, say Juve Inter the week before, that goal would never have been given. That would have been chalked yeah. off by VAR. Um, Imran, I'll come to you. Um, Henrik Mikatarian scored the equaliser. Um, do you think he'll be at the club next season? With all the rumours that have been swirling around in the last, in the last couple of days? I read, an article, I read an article today that he probably would be for another, another two years, but I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a difficult one, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's not there, considering, I mean, taking into consideration the relationship he had with Mourinho before. Uh, so, but I think, I mean, he's 32, uh, and he had 
he he had a you know he had a month decided a month in March where he was uh, injured for four weeks proved to be mm. very costly for us. But overall, I think I think this is the time where you say goodbye to Mkhitaryan. I mean, despite him being uh, together with Veretout, our best player this season, I think this is the point where you say goodbye to him and don't you know commit the same mistake like we did with Smalling last season. I mean, he played well, but there was something in there saying that he should have been signed. But yeah, so uh, this season, uh, his season was that good. But Mikitara, I think it's time to part ways. Wow, Imran with the hot take of Mkhitaryan bidding adieu to AS Roma. Um, just a final point on the game. Uh, was there any standout players for both of you to, that stood out in the game? I'll start off with you, oh, Daniel. Were all shit. <laughs> yeah, no, there wasn't really anyone. Not anyone nah. in particular, really. No. I mean, good, good. Uh, I think it was good that Al Shirawi got the goal. Um, he's had a pretty terrible return, I think. Um, yeah. To Roma, but uh, good good that he got a goal and maybe um, can help in the next season to to kick off. And then, of course, like you said, Jacko's introduction made a difference, but wouldn't really like certainly would be hard pressed to find a man of the match or anything in that regard. I would probably said Fusato. He pulled off some good saves. I think he's been real a real good asset in the final few weeks of the season. I, I put it, it was a, probably a tongue in cheek tweet out saying he could be a number one next season. I think he's, he's a good keeper. I was thinking maybe a Julio Sergio like goalkeeper. I remember when Julio Sergio broke onto the scene, was it 11 years ago and had a stellar 18 months? And just, I think he, he left the club not long after that. But Imran, any standout players for you from the weekend? No. No. <laughs> Just a just a forward defensive <laughs> okay, block. Okay, so, so that maybe okay. Yeah, but, but you know, remember yeah. we uh, we speak a lot about Sudato and Darby because they had they came with no expectations. So it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more. It's easy to forgive their mistakes, their shortcomings. But like you know, a lot of people are calling for Sudato to become to potentially become number one next season. But remember, with that. Um, uh, with that position, there comes the responsibility, there comes, you know, there comes expectations. I don't think he's ready for that. I don't think he's good enough for that. We cannot go into next season uh, having him as our first goalie, but he could be backed up. I mean, he could be number two. Uh, but we need another goalkeeper. And, uh, yeah, Darboe uh, also. But I, I hope he stays in he looks like a typical Mourinho man, but uh, it's difficult, you know. In that game, the, it, it was a game which basically you know, summed up our entire season. So uh, I think. That, that, well, thank you for making me feel better about not watching it. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you for making me feel better about not watching it. Oh yeah, no, you know, I'm always there to <laughs> make you feel better. <laughs> To be honest, you really didn't miss out on much. Like I kind of try to watch it after a few hours, like I say, like I said, but I was it was nighttime and after a long Sunday, kind of like kind of just went and watched the highlights from from all the feedback and hearing you guys. I mean, th- I didn't miss much. I mean, outside of the no. reaction, right? No, you did not miss much. 
to be honest, I did do a little celebrate when uh, Mkhitaryan scored because I didn't want to lose on the final day of the season being a being a fan, and uh, that's about it. And then I, to celebrate seventh place, it was, it was a bit meh. Um, let's get on to the good stuff, the review of the season. So I, I spoke to Sam pre-pod and we come up with an idea of best player, worst player, a much improved player, um, a player who you thought would do well but didn't really do well, so like a flop, um, standout game, worst game, and then some thoughts on Fonseca's reign of the season. Um, Sam, I'll start with you. Best player? I'm going to go with uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan. Although he has 15 goals and 11 assists in all competition, I'm going to go with Rick Karsdorp. Uh, Unbelievable. He could not stay fit in his first tenure in Rome. He was shipped out to Eredivis. A lot of us, even myself included, I didn't think he had anything to do with the first team ever again. He was going to have anything to do with the first team ever again, and he proved me wrong. Uh, and I think he's type of those Mourinho players that could be he because he improved a lot, uh, not only like offensively but defensively. He stayed fit. I think that's the most important thing. He stayed fit. We talk about Roma um, being a place with a lot of injuries, which obviously is the case, but that was not the case for Rick Carsop uh, this season. I think he surprised me the most, and I'm going to say that he's my player of the season. That's not a bad shout. Uh, Imran, he's your uh, stand-up player for this season for Roma. I'm having difficulties in choosing between them, but one of them. Go go with your heart instead of your head. <laughs> Jordan Verity. Yeah, it's not a bad shout. If he, yeah. if he, I reckon if he stayed fit, I think Roma could have, could have cracked top five. He came out clutch Daniel? in important moments. Like that's the thing yeah. with Mkhitaryan. You can argue with fifteen goals and eleven assists. Only one yeah, of them as a penalty. Fourteen on in play during play. So you can't argue with those numbers, right? Very true. Uh Daniel, standout player for you this season? Well, I think for many it will be between Mkhitaryan and, and Karsdorp. I mean, maybe to be a bit different, I felt that um Probably not the best in the end, but I think Pellegrini had a much improved season compared to previous years. And mm-hmm. I think at least there were some glimpses that he could become um, a lot more of a, a central player to this team. Um, but I mean, I think on merit, it's got to be Mkhitaryan, I would say. Yeah, uh, as Simon has reeled out the stats, um, I thought Jordan Verratti had a really, really good season, a combative midfielder who added goals to his to his repertoire, especially from the penalty spot, and scored some really, really crucial goals, um, especially breaking from deep, playing in, uh, in that defensive... Uh, would you really call it a defensive midfield in uh, in Fonseca's uh, like midfield four? Um, Leonardo Spinazzola had a really good season, but it was hampered with injuries at the worst time of the season where Roman players were dropping like flies. Um, all you guys have pretty much nailed it on the head, but I'm going to go with Veritude for me. But you guys have really said it on the head with like Mikatarian. See, so, yeah, Veritude for me, um, worst player, and I'll go the other way around. Daniel, for you, who was the the player who didn't have the best of seasons for for Roma this season? Uh, 
Um, I think quite, um, quite like by a long shot, I actually think it's Roger, uh, Ibanez. Um, oh, I'm a okay. massive fan, but, uh, I'm a massive fan, but I think ever since the, the, the first, uh, derby, um, he's been prone to a lot of individual mistakes. And I think obviously a lot of it's to do with, I think the defense in general has suffered under Fonseca. Um, for whatever reason, maybe he's not a good uh, defensive coach or, or not. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see how he'll do under Mourinho, but um, for me, I think he made a lot of um, critical mistakes across the season. Because when I look at some of the other players, that maybe I don't know who the others, who the rest of you guys will say, but if you look at the likes of Paulo Lopez and Pedro, I don't think their bad performances were as uh, costly or as critical as some of the things that Ibanez did. As much as I like him, and I think he's got a lot of potential still. That's not bad. Yeah, that's, that's pretty. You pretty much nailed it on the head with him. Um, he does get a lot of love in on social media, and I think from most Roma fans on on Twitter and like we're I'm in uh, quite a few like slap groups as well, and they they love him because he's got some balls and he he plays with a lot of like intensity. But I do feel that that derby game back in January got it to him because he got up by um, Lazzari and Amabile. Yeah. Okay. That's, that was a bold one. I'll take that, Daniel. Um, Imran, how you, what about yourself? Chris Smalling. With the expectations he came, uh, I mean, the season he had last season, he came with expectations, paid a lot of money for him. He was supposed to stay fit. He's the lead in defense. He was none of that. And, the one game where we really needed him to perform is Manchester United. He completely flopped. Yeah. He, yeah, he's my choice as well with all the expectation. But the, the downside was he didn't really have a preseason when he came over, did he, Imran, where the, the protracted transfer, it went down to the final minutes of the transfer window in October. And I remember me, you, it, me and you, Sam, and it may have been James or it may have been Daniel. We were talking about it after the Udinese game in October and where we were excited. But, uh, it, yeah, he didn't really have the, the best of seasons, um, especially with the stuff that happened off the pitch a couple of weeks ago where his house got robbed. And I think while he, his, while he was playing against Manchester United in the second leg and that must have been a very traumatic time for him. Um, Sam, who was your oh, the worst player for Roma this season? Um, I, I came out with a little podium. Uh, Carles Perez, Marash Kumbula, because he came out with a little higher expectations as well. He went down. But I think mm. I'm going to say, and I don't know if you guys are going to agree with me, but I think it was Pedro. He started the season very well. We were talking about his professionalism and everything he was going to bring to the team. He brought a lot of effort. I'll give you that. You could never say that he didn't give effort. But uh, Roma needed more than effort. Roma needed to be precise. Roma needed, needed to be clinical. And he didn't provide that. Maybe he got a little bit better towards the end of the season, a few matches. But for the bulk of the season, he was he tried, but he was just, wasn't very successful at what he did. Um, and he was supposed to come and just bring experience and bring more minutes than he did. Um, I don't know. For me, it's Pedro. Maybe if I can, can I just um, maybe play devil's yeah, advocate for, for a bit on you? I mean, uh, on Chris Smalling, I think we, we sh- definitely shouldn't have done that deal last summer. I think um, we should have just taken what we got out of him and, and uh, left it at that. But 
I think when he came back into the squad against Man United, um, I'm not sure he had, I think he hadn't played for a month or even maybe a bit longer. And before that, he had another relapse before that. So I think after January, he maybe only played 90 minutes twice. And so I thought that, you know, he came into the United game. It's a really high level to play at, um, to be thrown in there, probably not a hundred percent. I didn't expect much from him, to be honest. Um, and I think, uh, um, go for it, Imran. Uh, fair enough. I, it's true what you're saying, but I think, you know, the fact that he, I think, it's sometimes difficult to, to, you know, blame the players for the injuries. But in this, you know, he was available for maybe 40% of the games in the league, I think. Yeah, too little. And, uh, yeah. When you come with those expectations, you have to take part of the blame. Yeah, I think you're right on this, on on the element that he was brought in last summer. To I mean, he was kind of our marquee signing, really. Um, exactly. And in in that regard, yeah, he, he didn't have a very good preseason either. But he didn't have a preseason. I think the thing he didn't is, have a preseason. No. He didn't have a preseason. The games that he played in Serie A or in Europe League, for that matter, he he wasn't so good. I mean, he wasn't the same player. That he was last season, uh, the last season. Okay, part of that probably didn't have a preseason, uh, but who do we blame for that? Okay, probably the management. But the player was performing on the pitch, you know. And we are now, you know, trying to pick a player who who had who didn't have a good season. And I think Chris Smalling was one of the players that I had a lot of expectations uh, for, even though I didn't want him to sign permanently. He still came with a lot of expectations, and he failed. And uh, although the entire blame doesn't lie with him, he still failed. Honest, honest question, Imran. Do you think he'll be with Roma at the start of the, the, the next season under Mourinho? I hope not. I hope uh, West Ham, United, you know, some mid-table club from England buys him. Uh, I think so. Now I hope so, but I don't know if that's likely. But if we get the opportunity, get rid of him for let's say ten million euros or something, I would definitely do it. Cut ties. I will say sixth place West Ham United in the Premier League. They're in the Europa League next season, and Roma are not. If there's any West Ham fans listening, I that there that's Imran's thoughts. Imran is coming <laughs> um, out with some bold statements today. I like it. Yeah, he's coming out. All guns blazing. <laughs> he's coming up from the long. The he's coming from the long run up, the <laughs> long show back to run up. Yeah. <laughs> right, guys. I will go for biggest surprise of the season and the players. Um, Sam, I will start with you. Because of how much he's grown this season, I'm gonna go with Gianluca Mancini. I uh, yeah. I like him every day. I like him more and more. He shows leadership, like we all talked about in this podcast before. You know, he's one of those players that never shuts up in the middle of a match. You know, he's always talking. He's always uh, telling his teammates where to go, how to move, or, or you know, and that show that's leadership at that young age. Well, not that young, mid twenties, let's say. But this is the this is where he. He takes the next step, right? This is in, I think we're seeing it before our eyes. I, I'm really happy with Gianluca Mancini. That's a very good shout. And I think he'll be the next AS Roma captain 
in the next couple of years after Pellegrini. Um, Daniel, I'll come to you. Biggest surprise this season in the Roma squad? I think Mancini is a good shot there, actually, because, um, I yeah. mean, already now for me, he's kind of the captain on the pitch. And, uh, for me in our squad, he's probably the only player for me who's, uh, unsellable. Um, he's amazing, but, um, surprise, um, probably Rick Karsdorp, I, I would say. He, he was completely shocking. I thought we would never, never really see him again. And, um, he, he, he's probably also the most consistent player this season, I think. Didn't really have any bad moments. Um, didn't have that many spectacular moments either, I think, but, um, played at a really good level throughout the whole season. Stayed injury free, like you mentioned before. Um, yeah, for me, definitely the most surprising. And he's got himself a call up to the Dutch preliminary squad for the Euro 2020s starting in a couple of weeks, which is a very good shout. And um hope he get, makes it into the 25. Uh, Imran, biggest surprise? He was done and dusted on his way to first Atalanta, then Genoa. Oh, yeah. uh, didn't ha- I, mean, I didn't have too, I didn't have any expectations of him. I was like, okay, fair enough. He's staying. Could be used to use backup or whatever. But then he got himself together. He he became very disciplined with his diet, fitness, and he he stayed fit and he grabbed the opportunity opportunities that he got and he took well care of them and for me uh, considering all these uh, injuries you know injury problems past few seasons to come back from Feyenoord and uh, play 34 games in Serie A for Roma this season that was quite impressive not just the fact that he played that many games he played quite well in those games and he was he was very solid he could still use some improvements in his defensive work but Overall, I think he was he was yeah by far you know definitely the biggest surprise he's almost impossible. yeah yeah I agree it's three on the board Rick Castle was my um, biggest surprise this season I think it was it six goal uh, six assists and one goal this season um, massive improvements as both of you who, who said Rick Castle said that he was on his way to first Atalanta then to Genoa and I and I heard that he was. Fonseca, Jekka, and I think it was Lorenzo Pellegrini told him not to go, to stay. And uh, look at him now. He's had a really, really stellar season. And I think he'll be one of the first names on the team sheet next season for Mourinho. I think he's a Mourinho type of player. And as I said, he's got himself into the preliminary. Plenty, I can't say that word three times in in a couple of minutes. Uh, Dutch squad for the the Euros that are coming up. Um, Imran, I'll come to you. Biggest flop? Uh, I would say Diawara. Um, especially, Ooh. like, in, at one point last season, I mean, in 1920s, he was, was very decisive. I mean, he was one of the most important players. Yeah. He was the one who stabilized the midfield and he was the, you know, the link between defense and midfield. He got injured. You would have expected him to, you know, return and have um, the same importance to the team. But then he he did, you know, he 
he did play. He did have a period there where he regained uh, some of that form, the goals, um, the match-winning goals, uh, and uh, at the you know very end against Fiorentina, he was think that he was getting back to. But overall, whole season, Diabara for me the biggest flaw. Another bold statement from the doctor. He's on his long run up today. Um, Daniel, for you, biggest flop of the season? Um, yeah, it's got to be between, well, if it's not Smalling considering the transfer fee, I would say it's probably Pedro considering the uh, the wages he was on the season or, or mm-hmm. is on. Um, obviously came for a free, so not too bad. But uh, I think at the time was a... A fair enough uh, gamble, you know. A player of a lot of experience. He's he's won it all. He's played in some of the b- biggest clubs, um, but just hasn't hasn't paid off. And I was a bit surprised that um, in the end, Carlos Perez didn't get enough or, or didn't get more minutes, considering how poor um, Pedro was at at certain points. Uh, I mean, towards the back end of the season, maybe a couple games where he played decently, but I think overall, considering some of the expectations, I think he was the biggest flop. He always always go down in Roma folklore for scoring that goal in the derby, though, wouldn't he, Daniel? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, thank God for that. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a almost like a younger Miwa. I feel like um, I mean, I don't want to co- compare them too much. I'm, I'm sure they don't have many similarities, but I just have the impression that that's all we will remember from Pedro at his time at Roma. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Sam, biggest flop? Yeah, I, when we talk to flop, it's because we had expectations, right? And I think we go yeah. back to what everybody said. I, I may agree with you guys. Pedro and, in, in a sense, Smalling as well. I felt Carlos Perez, just because I think something expecting was more from him. And when I did see him did you play, really have he didn't... I thought he could be a good backup. Maybe a little better in his second season, right? Yeah, but I think with really? the the I'm amount surprised. with the amount of money, yeah, go on, Imran. Sorry, no, I'm surprised that you expected more from him. I mean, we didn't pay. I don't think we paid that much for him. But he started five games in Serie A. I mean, the half season he played in 1920, and he wasn't even that good. So I expected him to have. More or less the same season where he would be on the bench and have you know some sub appearances here and there, uh, but I never expected him to be a vital player. For so that's why I'm. I think it's difficult to call him uh, flop if I mean if there are no if you had personal expectations for him, that's fine. Then I then I can accept it. But I think if we're being realistic, it was difficult to have realistic expectations for him no that's fair enough I've, I've got a friend who's a Barcelona fan she told me that he's a really good player on his day and he could do some damage I just didn't really see that from him in the last few months and from his tenure from Roma I did have a little expectation for him to be like a good backup but I think with the formation that we played for the first what six to eight months sorry the six months of the season it didn't really fit into the style of play and to be honest, I don't That's think he'll be point. at Roma next season going forward. That's a good point, actually. Would you agree? Because... Yeah, yeah, I think if we played 4-3-3... You know, we don't even play that. 
Yeah. If we play four two three one and he could have played on the right or just pop off a striker, it could have been he could have expected a bit more, but just nothing. And I just felt that I don't think he'll be here next season. Um moving well, we forward. Have, sorry, you know, when it comes yeah. to uh, play of the season or whatever, signing of the season, surprise of the season. I, he didn't make the cut of any of us, but I would give a big shout out to Porta Mayora. Yeah, didn't have actually. That was I gonna... didn't have to. I didn't have any expectations of him, and he he scored seventeen goals, didn't he? And he was is the top scorer in Europe League still, ten goals in Serie A in the debut season. I think those figures are very impressive. So Porta Mayora, he proved me wrong. Thought it would be a flop. I think he's proved a lot of people wrong. I was actually going to add this in because I think we wanted to add a few more topics. But yes, yeah, signing for Roma of the, the the transfer windows. I think Emran's knocked it on the head with Boca Mayoral. Um Sam and Daniel, would you agree? Um, I would certainly agree. I mean, I was thinking um, when we were talking there about Carlos Perez as well. I think he was signed for about eleven million. Uh, and I mean, if you think that Borja Mayoral, we can sign him for, I think the summer 15 million. I mean, I, th- I think that kind of puts in perspective how much of a bargain we might have got ourselves with Borja Mayoral. Um, a ton of goals this season, important goals as well. And I think I was a bit surprised that towards the end of the season, uh, Fonseca seemed to go back to having Jeco in the big games. And I think in a lot of cases, we would have benefited more from Mayoral. Um, but I think he's got to be the signing of the season, yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. 17 goals, totally agree. 6 yeah. assists. Um, he didn't start a very so hot, uh, let's say, in the league because he was he was very consistent in the Europa League. He was he didn't start so hot in the Europe in the in the in Serie A for the first maybe six months of all of the 2020. But he picked it up in 2021. He was every time every every match you can see that he was more comfortable. In Serie A, right? Um, definitely signing of the season for sure. Fifteen million dollars if we fifteen million euros if we want to buy him this summer, and twenty million I think next summer. Um, in all honesty, do you think Real Madrid would want to try and get offload him that cheaply? I know that I think they're struggling financially, and I saw some rumours today that they're willing to sell Eden Hazard for the ridiculous fee of forty-three million pounds. Uh, to, to all three of you, do, realistically, would you reckon see Roma can get him on the cheap in the summer? And I'll start off with you, Sam. Uh, I didn't know about these news. Uh, tell me about those news. Oh, I saw t- some today that Real Madrid are willing to offload Eden Hazard for €43 million Euros, oh. or €43 million. Pounds. I think oh, in this this current climate, that's pretty decent for anyone who wants to buy him. Uh, I wonder if they're trying to offload a lot of players to get Mbappe in for the summer. You think that will be? With, you think that's within striking distance of Roma's and Roma's budget in the forties? Uh, I think <laughs> I think it'll be the freaking stretching it at that point. But for a player of that name, uh, he hasn't he hasn't have the best of uh, the, the recent run of forms, let's say. But for a player of that name. Um, I I don't know. I'm not gonna say yes with him, but I think the Fritkins have a surprise in the back for us. Oh, interesting. So you don't reckon they'll? So you don't reckon they'll go for like a player like Hazard? But Bochamayra on the cheap would be yes. Yes, absolutely. Bochamayra on the cheap for sure. Absolutely, he's shown it already. I yeah. think he can only get better in his second season. Hopefully. 
And also for you, Daniel and Imran, do you reckon if uh, Real Madrid are willing to sell, uh, I think they're willing to sell a few of their players in the summer uh, to go big for next season, do you think Roma would get Bochamaro on the cheap? Uh, Daniel, I'll start with you. Uh, maybe. I think we should have already tried this summer to try and kind of negotiate that yeah. down maybe a bit. Maybe we can get a bit of a bargain in there. Um, I would be a bit cautious or skeptical to take any more of the dead weight from Real Madrid. Um, I saw kind of probably sensational rumors at the moment that maybe we could be in for Sergio Ramos on a free. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, I, I love his mentality and, and someone like that. I think, I think the squad could use maybe one free signing somewhere of a, uh, you know, someone like that with that pedigree, but also we did I hear correctly? You say Sergio Ramos? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if I would take it with too much. I would take it with a pinch of salt, but um, I think we can benefit in this transfer market from getting one um, decent kind of veteran, kind of like Pedro. But I'm just hoping that the performances will match to a bit more. But if we're talking like marquee signing, I think the only name there is is uh, Dusan Vlahovic from Fiorentina. Um, but you know, I would be careful about taking any of the dead weight from from some of these big clubs. I think we should we should really aim to start off with some some fresh players who are hungry, something to prove, um, and who will kind of you know give everything for Mourinho on the pitch. Agreed. Yeah, decent decent shout, Imran. Would you take Bocha Mayra on his stats for this season? Yeah, uh, I would do it uh, because uh, given what he proved this season, he will still have some retail value if he doesn't you know perform that well next season I think he has proved uh, this season and he has increased his value already so I would take him for cheap this season definitely and I agree with uh, Danny I wouldn't take Hazard for 10 million euros he would just be another sort of injury problems you know expensive I mean in terms of wages so uh, we need to we need to go back to uh, building a squad to Mourinho, hungry players, dedicated players, ambitious players, loyal players. Um, and, uh, yeah, Sergio Ramos, I think he probably would go to Sevilla, go back to Cristal. Uh, but he's probably the only one, if you can get him for free, you can give him some good wages. He's, he's a monster. But I don't think it's realistic, but he's probably the only one. But Hazard and them still finished. I, th- I feel Hazard, I know he's been linked with Chelsea today. Um, I think he's going to go down the Alexis Sanchez route where he's played so much football in the last couple of years because this, the game has been so demanding that he's not. his body is just not going to keep up with him. Um, on Sergio Ramos, could you mind a centre-back pairing of Ramos and Mancini next season in Serie A? Oh, two bastards playing in the centre-backs. Could be quite interesting. Speakers but on got... around the pitch. I want to yeah. hear everything they say. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to go. We've got, I've got three more topics left. Um, worst transfer signing. I can feel what myself and Danny will probably go for. Uh, Imran, I'll start with you. Oh. Worth signing uh, Chris Smalling or Pedro, but Pedro still 
for his work rate scoring in the derby. Me, ah, actually, actually, wait, wait, wait. Stefan El Sharawi. Yeah, there yeah. we go. He, he I was came, waiting for that he one. He came in the winter. Yeah, he came in the winter, you know, and he was supposed to help this team um, uh, in attack. He scored his first goal, okay, in Serie A at least last day. He did score against Shakhtar, but overall, yeah, Stefan El Sharawi. So just to cut this morning from Slack. Danny, uh, would that be a number two for Mr. Al Sharari? Well, if if I'm not allowed to to put a story again, um, just because <laughs> he seems to be the worst signing every season since he joined, but um, yeah, Al Sharari. I mean, it was maybe not the best. I, I think we tried to get him in the summer, um, and it didn't yeah. it didn't uh, come through. But you know, I think he hadn't played football since. Around April, I think. Uh, so he, I think he had about six, at least six months of not playing football. So you could, you could, you could see that when he came, um, came in quite disappointing. But I think ultimately, considering what we paid for him, I think Chris Smalling still is a bit, um, is a bit up there. Yeah. I, I would go with Al Sharari. Uh, one goal in Serie A, one goal in, uh, Europa League against Shakhtar. Uh, it was a very good goal against Shakhtar, against uh, Dodo. And I really made a really bad joke on social media, but I'm not going to repeat it again. Um, Sam, any other any players come to mind? No. Stefan Sharawi, he was not impactful enough. He came here to make an immediate impact on the team, and he wasn't able to do that. So, yeah, I would agree with uh, Imran El Sharawi. Cool. Uh, last two, um, if any of you guys got any more to add on to this, best game of the season. Um, Imran, I'll come to you. Best game? Uh, Performance-wise or emotions-wise? Uh, both. What what tickles your fancy? What would you go for with your heart? I mean, the game... That gave me, you know, like the best emotions. I mean, the moment that gave me the best emotion was uh, uh, Ibanez's goal against Ajax. I mean, that was like boom. I mean, that was that was massive. Uh, best game? Did we have games that could be proud? I mean, we lost against all the big sides apart from uh, the derby. So. Uh, number two, prob- yeah. I mean, the moment would be Ibanez's goal against Ajax. I mean, that was that was massive. Uh, best game. I think we played good against Juventus. Two-two game. I think performance-wise, we yeah. played well. We played well in the derby. We were in complete control. These two games. Uh, I will go for the derby then. Okay, uh, Sam. Best game. I was hardly, I was having a hard time finding a best game of the season. Obviously, what uh, I agree with Imran, um, the Ibanez goal and what everything, in, everything, in what it meant, right? Um, uh, I think the victory against uh, uh, Verona was a very convincing one. I liked the team display. It was a three-one at the end, and we didn't have the most possession, but we were very effective. Um, so I'll go with the Verona it, again. It was hard to find a highlight of the season outside of the derby, which was. 
very recent, right? And obviously, props for that. And Daniel? Yeah, well, I think probably the volley from Ibanez is probably the moment of the season. It's a bit, um, it's been a bit uh, cheapened by what happened after in, in the Europa League. But I think, yeah, for probably that game, um, maybe maybe the derby. But I think already by then I wasn't really taking much satisfaction from from Roma wins anymore, as as scarce as they were. But um, yeah, I probably probably the. The Europa League performances were probably, you would have to pick from some of those, I think. Did Roma break you by that, by that time at the end of the season? You just had completely enough. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, if we're talking worst game of the season, maybe I can segue into that a bit, but I yeah. was kind of broken. I was kind of broken by the, um, the 2 0 against Parma, um, in the middle of oh, March. God, yeah. Um, especially when, when now we look back and see that. That victory is thirty-three percent of Palmer's victories for the season. So also the tie um, against Benevento. The week yeah, was that the yeah. week before? Was well, that was two between, weeks before? Between the Braga matches, a little bit earlier. Yeah. It was in January. Yeah, it was a couple February, weeks before. Yeah, yeah. A couple weeks um, before. But at least there, I think. I mean, Benevento. I mean, they made it difficult for us. I think. You know, I, I saw a game which. Yeah, I don't know. I think. The one against Palma was really shocking for for how. That's we the, one, the, um, the one that started a little bit downhill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, yeah. I think maybe there's a lot of competition with the the six two against United, and I mean, in many ways, maybe that should be the worst forty five minutes of the season. But I think uh, it, you know, with Roma, that always seems to be possible. You know, uh, quite a bad hiding. But the one against Palma was the one that really. Broke me. I and obviously say. the first, the first derby, right? That three-zero defeat. That was three-zero. We didn't show. Yep. We didn't show up for that much, right? I think that one takes a cake for me. Yeah, I think. I don't know about the rest of you. For me, just like speaking as a general fan of Roma, I've never really, um, I've never cared so much or as much maybe as others about the derby because you know I see it as. I genuinely see Roma as a bigger club than Lazio, so it doesn't really hurt me so much. I don't feel it as heavy. I think the 6-2 was against United was really painful because, you know, you're on a really international scene. And I think for many international fans or neutrals watching us, like, I think for for Roma, for many people, uh, we're a bit synonymous with these kind of defeats, you know. Um, and that's what hurts a lot, I think. Definitely the worst second half of the season. Yep, yep. Definitely. Um, I will segue back to the best game. For me, it was Bologna away when we were 5-1 up at half-time. I thought we could honestly, honestly win this game 8 or 9. But I just felt that performance of the season was really, really good. We looked a really good counter-attacking side against a Bologna team who did not show up. And Roma just picked them off at will. On the worst game of the season, I'll start off with that. I'm with Daniel for the Palmer game. That was Palmer's first win, and I think it was 18 games. And yeah, they do, Roma did not show up. That was the start of Roma's decline. We got destroyed by the two Romanian kids, Dennis Mann and Mihaila. Um, and also there was some very strange refereeing decisions in that game over the penalties that were given uh, and not given. Um, Sam, any more of the worst performances of the season? I've got about four or five in my head that I can think of. Oh man, I'm, I mean, I've, I've been talking for like ten minutes. Um, 
Okay, <laughs> so if I have to choose the second half, I mean, nothing tops that second half against Manchester United. That's it. For mm. me. In all uh, Imran. So, yeah, Imran for you. Um, the derby uh, was painful um, because of the expectations, because the form we had going into that game, and we were we were so poor. The Napoli game, the Atalanta game, the United game. Uh, yes, it was a poor. You know, we were embarrassed in the on the international scene and everything. But, you know, three injuries in first half, forced um, to make the substitutions and nothing left. So. You can kind of excuse them in a way. I mean, not losing the half by five zero, but uh, I think the other games were were disappointing. But the United one was the most painful one. I mean, it still hurts. Can I add uh, the Spezia Coppa Italia game for the aftermath for the six subs and the the two red cards in uh, added time, sorry in extra time. And then it all just falling apart in extra time, losing 4-2. Hard to find a team that, that makes sh- two mistakes like that, like two logistic mistakes in a season, professional yeah. team there, Elas Verona and the Spezia match. Huh? It was, it's hard to find. Like, you have to go back and really look. And also the Chris, uh, tra- uh, Chris Smalling transfer went down. Uh, that wasn't there some logistical error in that with the paperwork? So when that potentially three cock-ups in the Freakins' first season in, as ownership of Roma. Um, Danny, do you have any more bad games? I think there's probably a ton that we could think of, like the Napoli home game, Milan home game. Uh, you said Benevento. Uh, there's probably the Torino away game, the Cagliari away game. I could probably list about 10 more and probably a yeah, couple in Europe against uh, Manchester United. It's really a, a catalogue of... Um defeats to last uh, many years. I mean, um, the amount of goals we've conceded over the last two seasons with Fonseca is um, is quite shocking. So, um, yeah, take your pick. But um, I think domestically it's got to be Parma or the Spezia game. And then in the Europa League, uh, Man United. So, guys, how would you rate on a grade of AS Roma's season 2020-21 in Serie A. Seventh place, Conference League for next season. I don't think any fans would want that. Anyone else looking forward to Roma Union Berlin next season or Roma Tottenham, Villarreal? It could be meh. But there's probably if the, if fans are allowed if fans are allowed back in and fans are allowed to travel, it could be a good way day out for fans if they go to London or Berlin. There's probably good circuits on the night out in there. Um, so, guys, how would you rate Roma's season in a grade? Uh, Daniel, I'll come to you. Well, um, I think I'm one of the minority who really wanted the the Conference League, but. Um... So I'm glad that, that we got that on the final day. I think seventh uh, at the beginning of the season might not have seemed too bad. I think it's a lot to do with the fact of us finishing um, 16 points off the Champions League. I think that's really, really bad. Um, I, I think on the whole, it's got to be maybe a three out of, maybe four out of 10 because I put a bit the 
Europa League performances in there, but um, knocked out early in the in the Coppa Italia domestic season. Basically finished in March. Uh, yeah, was too, I mean, if we had finished eighth, I think that's like our second worst finish in the last twenty five years. Um, I think yeah, that speaks for itself. It was a it was a really tough season and a tough end to it. And especially considering the fact that we were kind of in the top four for about half the season. Um, so the fall away at the end was just really cataclysmic. Top four was up until I would probably say March, probably post Milan. And then it just fall was just horrific. Um, Imran, I'll come to you next. Um, how would you grade our season? Uh, more or less, I mean, like Dan was saying, we knew it was going to be a tough season. Uh, we started well, but um, we enjoyed the Europa League uh, season. But ultimately, I think if we didn't play in the Europa League, we probably would have made top four because the injuries, you know, this it was a long season, it was a tight season, uh, and uh, ultimately it was so for the others as well. But but um, the squad wasn't made for uh, two competitions, and uh, we paid the price. Ultimately, we paid the price for that. So I would grade it like Danny said, four out of ten. Because we have to be realistic and realistic because we have ambitions and you know you, we still uh, sign players uh, like Pedro. You know you, you gave them expect, expensive contracts, uh, Chris Smalling. So yeah, I would say four out of ten. Then. It's fair assessment. Fair assessment, Sam. Four out of ten as well. Um, and I'm with Daniel. I'm one of the few that wanted to play European football next season. I know that comes with a lot of problems and the midweek matches. But listen, we are not a team, in my opinion. We're not a team that could be choosing the tournaments, tournaments we play in, right? Whatever chance we get at a trophy, I think we should go for it. Um, uh, listen, we are. that's ultimately what we want. Ultimately what we need on this team, what we're missing for a long time. Uh, it's not exciting, the Conference League. Numbers, uh, money, I mean, if you win it, it's, I, I hear it, I read it, an article and everything is so new. It's similar numbers to the Europa League, which are not significant money. It's not significant money. But I think if you win it, it's about 20-something million euros. I think, have you seen the debt of Roma? I think anything that we can, is positive helps. I, uh, You know, I don't think it's going to solve all of the problems. But whatever you can bring in helps, I think... Again, it comes with a midweek playing, but uh, I know I always want to see Roma playing European competition. That's me. I don't know. Uh, I think Daniel is with me, and I understand it's not a popular, it's not a popular thought. Uh, going back to the season, I would rate it four out of ten. Uh, we can say that Fonseca never really got uh, any fair shots, and you know Saniolo was never fit, and we had all the injury problems and. All the history. At the end of the day, he finished fifth in his first season and seventh in his second season. I mean, I'm just not good enough for a team of the expectations of Roma. That's not to say that uh, Fonseca is not going to go somewhere else and be a, a really good coach. I really like him. I really rate him. And I think he's going to do well somewhere else. 
Yeah, totally agree on that pl- on that uh, point by you, Sam. I do feel that uh, that conference trophy would look good next to the bonsai tree that we won against Real Madrid two years ago. It would look nice in the trophy cabinet. Yeah. Well, um, the bonsai tree has a boo-boo now, right? From what I saw some pictures. Yeah, Skamaka's yeah. dad yeah, laid waste to uh, Trigoria. That was if a quite can... fun story last week to to read. Him and Bruno yeah. Conte having a maybe a disagreement over some money. Um, I I would rate it probably a five, maybe five and a half, just because of the Europa League run. I didn't expect Roma to do well in the Europa League, but they excelled, um, especially when they got past teams like Braga, Shakhtar Donetsk, and Ajax. I had a massive fear that Ajax could actually school us, but they had a lot of the ball, but nothing, did nothing going forward. And then we came up against Man United, who attacked at will, and that 45 minutes of the second half in Manchester just cost us. And um, I felt that if we defended a lot better in Manchester, we could be playing Villarreal on Wednesday night in Poland. But hey ho, it's 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 not to be. Um, my final question is actually on a, a point that Sam just made. Is on the the outgoing Portuguese manager, rumored to maybe staying in Italy. He was rumored to be going to Fiorentina, but Rino Gattuso has just taken the job after De Laurentiis sacked him on social media on Sunday night. That's a lovely way to go. Um, Fonseca, how would you rate his two-year tenure in Rome? And I'll start with you, Imran. Um, I uh, I was a bit disappointed because he came with the philosophy of playing attacking football, possession football, uh, and um, we saw some of that in the beginning but then he adapted which I liked at the beginning but then he I think became too defensive and didn't have the courage that I expected him to have he should have probably insisted a bit more on his ideas and his philosophy and uh, I mean I mean especially going over to the three man defense which was um, which was what we needed back then but um, in the end it was it was not what I expected and he, I do respect him because he came at a difficult time um, first when we were in transition season and then um, at the t- change of ownership, the COVID pandemic. Uh, it was not what we expected. We have to be honest, we expected more. But then again, difficult circumstances to work under. So I would I would excuse a lot of his shortcomings. But I would say overall it was um, it was a disappointment because it was not what we expected. Uh, fair, fair shout. I think me and you have the same point of view. And when I was speaking to Sebastian, aka Coach AS Roma on Twitter, he was saying the same things that I think it could have been wrong place, wrong time. I don't know if you sort of agree with that. Where he came to Roma at probably the worst time where there was an ownership de- uh, problem. Pandemic was just a few months away. And then every few months, his job title was on the line. There was always talks about him leaving the club as far back as January, February time, 
where they were talking about Allegri. I think me and you, Sam, were talking about it on a podcast, and, and I think Daniel as well. In March, after the Fiorentina game, we were talking, oh, is he going to go? Is it going to be Allegri? And I just think he was probably harshly treated by the Italian media. Um, Daniel, what was your your parting ways on Paolo Fonseca as he will leave his two-year tenure at the end of June? Um. I think it's quite disappointing in the end. I think it's a bit of a, almost a black hole in our history because I think obviously he came in under Palotta ownership who were, I mean, already only a couple months into his uh, tenure, Fonseca's tenure, Palotta was trying to sell the club, obviously. So he, there were not going to be significant investments and we couldn't make investments and probably couldn't get as much, uh, the team he needed. So, I mean, if you think he's worked under two ownerships and then under the Freakins in their first year, obviously wasn't a huge investment to start with on, on the player side. He's worked under different sporting directors. Um, he's worked during the COVID pandemic. When you put those kind of seismic uh, changes that happened, I think he kept us quite stable on the pitch. But at the same time, I think we've lost a couple of years in the project. Um He's obviously done a lot for some players like Gonzalo Villar, um, Mayoral, uh, Dabo. A few players have obviously, you know, gotten minutes and, and have shown that they can be part of Roma long term. But on the whole, it's, it's quite a, uh, it's a kind of a wasted time that we had. I think we didn't really in the end have much for it. I think him as a manager has developed a lot, but, um, probably the club itself has not. So, I mean, if I was to give a score, even again, it would probably still be about a four out of 10 for, for his tenure. No, that's fair. That's a fair comment. And, and the last one, Sam? And to add to what Imran and Daniel said, uh, out of the 101 matches that uh, Fonseca was the head coach of Roma, he couldn't have Nicolo Saniolo, which is arguably, was arguably our, our difference maker, right? Him and Sheko. He couldn't have Saniolo for 69 matches. He only had Saniolo for 32 matches out of that 101, who was supposed to be our difference maker, right? Um, so, you know, in, just on top of that, other injuries, what everybody said, like change of ownership, he was just a wrong, wrong time, I think. Wrong time and big transition was going on with the club and and, and, you know, if he didn't work out, he was never a Fritkins guy. So if he didn't work out with him, you know that they weren't going to have a, they weren't going to give him a lot of leeway. Anyways, I don't know if I would call him a four out of 10 because he has improved players, like, like I said, or players have improved under him, like Mancini and everybody that we talked about, Cristante as well has shown some versatility. Uh, he did take, make some, you know, controversial decisions last year. He decided not to go with Florenzi. He decided to, uh, Low now under in Cloyvers, who the team um, invested uh, quite a bit of money in. So, you know, it didn't work out for him at the end. I will give him, because of the Euro European run, I'll, I'm going to go from a 4 to a 5 out of 10. I was just looking up some of his stats, and it's it's a bit of an eye-opener, especially for the goals scored and the goals conceded. So overall, 101 matches. This is in all competitions, by the way. 101 matches, 53 wins, 20 draws, 28 losses. Goals scored, 193. Goals conceded, 141. Um, points gained is 179, so it's points per game. But 
these are like Europa League and like Coppa Italia, the goals ratio. We're, we were expecting that, but that's quite bad, isn't it? Considering 141 goals in his in his two year tenure at the club, that's that's quite poor. Just a, a general horizon yeah. on anyone who would like, like to jump in. Yeah, no, that's obviously not good enough. I think, and the, I think if he had been able to fix the defensive side, we would have definitely found ourselves a lot higher up the table. Um, but uh, unfortunately, not. Um, I think going forward, we were we were quite good, and there were a lot of glimpses where you could see that what he had done was um, positive on the squad. But um, I think he needed to switch things up a bit earlier. Maybe Imran alluded to it earlier. But um, I think when he switched to a back four towards the end of the season, it seemed to come back a little bit better. But um, I think he was a bit too stuck in his ways, hoping it would eventually click um, when it didn't. Um, and with a record like that, you can't really be surprised where we where we finished up. And arguably, I think that his style of play, like he's attacking football, he's trying to have the ball and have the momentum going. Um, I think you arguably his that weak, its weakness is uh, when they they got you on the counter attack, right? They want you in the transition, and that's what Roma got hurt a lot uh, in the last couple of seasons. Um, I agree with everything you guys said. Um, I I think he's gonna do well in other places. It's just Roma wasn't the the right place. Yeah, wrong time, wrong place, wrong era at Roma. Um, he's been linked with a Crystal Palace job over here in the UK after Roy Hodgson said he's leaving and he left his last game was uh, at the weekend against Liverpool, but also Frank Lampard's been linked with that job also. Um, guys, do you have anything else to add on the 2020-21 season as a whole? Well, maybe, oh, no. you know, what... I would, I would add one more, I would add one more point. Um, obviously in the end there, we managed to get the conference league, uh, qualification. Um, and one thing that was mentioned was Brian Clough. Um, he won the Anglo Italian Cup, I think, just before he went on the run of winning the Premier League titles, the Division One titles and the Champions League European Cups. And, uh, he's often credited winning that cup with kicking off a winning cycle. So I think uh, hopefully the conference league can act in the same uh, regard and, uh, and start something for us and kick something off under the Mourinho era. I was just looking at Brian Clough's uh, Wikipedia, Daniel. Yep. He won the Anglo-Italian cup with Nottingham Forest in 76, 77, and then won the European Cup in 78, 79 season and won again in 79, 80. And they, he won a, a plethora of titles in Notts Forest after leaving Derby. Yeah, that's a very good point you got there, Daniel. That's very good knowledge as well. Um, and, uh, Imran, have you got any? And one more, sorry. One more to top yeah, it off for, for it. anyone who, anyone who likes Brian Clough is he also did the same thing with the Texaco Cup, which I think to qualify yeah. for, you needed a really strong, uh, goal difference in your domestic league. And uh, then he went on to win titles with Derby. So never knock a tournament. And we should really value that bonsai a lot more than we do. <laughs> <laughs> that's the guy from the movie The Damned United, right? Is that him? Yes. Brian yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, exactly. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I will never knock the uh, Anglo-Italian Cup. As a Swindon fan, we won it 50 years ago. And we beat Napoli in the final and was the first British club to win a to win away in Naples and we also beat Roma and Juventus that season and I do miss that cup because it it folded in the early 90s and one of my first games was actually 
a Swindon Atalanta game. So yeah, I would love to see that recome back to birth. Um, guys, any final final points? Any anything else to 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 talk about this season? I think we've gone for almost an hour, and I think it's been cathartic for all of us to let um, to let our hair down and talk about this season, twenty twenty one. I'm happy it's finally over. Uh, I think just want, we want a little break and then let's come back recharged and looking forward to what Mourinho can do to this team. Really, though, I think I don't. Let's just leave the the past in the past, right? It was difficult moments, and I hope our future starts to change a little bit. I'm with you. I'm so happy that the football season's over. Um, it's been a long just season for all of us fans who haven't got to go to games um, due to the COVID pandemic. Um, it's, it's been really sucky at times, but I'm happy we got through with it. And we're actually in a European competition and it's not to be scoffed at for next season because it's, it's glutton for punishment. And I'm also with Sam and Daniel. I was quite pleased that we're in seventh and we got into the conference league because I'm I'm a glutton for punishment and I would like to see Roma do well in Europe, but we'll probably fail at the final hurdle next season and probably pick up. And you know what? We start to get uh, deep into that tournament and people will start to jump on board. So why not give us that yeah. chance, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we'll probably just get Champions League spot next season. That's that's my hope. But we could talk about predictions for next season in a couple of months because we've got this crazy transfer window to come up next. And we've also got the Euros and we also got... About 900 players have been linked to Roma in the past week just because of Mourinho. Guys, we've come to the end of the podcast. Thank you all for joining me on this Tuesday evening. We've rambled on for an hour. I just wanted to plug your socials. Uh, Imran, how can we follow you on, or where can we follow you on Twitter? Uh, Danny, uh, Danny, where can we follow you on Twitter? You can find me at Daje, D-A-J-E, Danny, D-A-N-I. And how many accounts is that now? Because you used to be quite prolific on Twitter, but I gather you've just probably just thought, I'm done with this because it's quite toxic at the moment. I uh, know, complete opposite. I love I love Twitter, always loved it, but... Um... Yeah, I got hacked on my on my first one, and then um, ah. I, I just I just couldn't get couldn't get the it was kind of wiped by Twitter. So I'm back on this slowly grinding away at the followers now. Slowly grinding. And uh, Sam, how can we follow you and your Spanish speaking podcast? Oh yeah, Planeta Roma. If you speak Spanish, Planeta underline Roma. Uh, and my personal account is Sammy Rubio ninety nine. I'm uh, very active. I'm very active on my Planeta Roma account though. Um, so yeah, so if you speak Spanish, hop on board. Thank you so much, Scott, for writing this podcast for over an hour. Uh, it's tough to tough to think about what we lived through the whole this whole couple, this whole two seasons with Fonseca, right? Tough times. Hopefully, we can it's- we have a brighter future. It's we're going from one Portuguese manager to another. Um, it's been emotional. It's been a roller coaster rise. We've seen some really, really good football, but then we see some absolute dire straits football. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Monroe. You can follow the podcast at, at the Magicast. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Guys, thank you very much for joining me on the Tuesday evening. Um, 
What a fun hour or so to talk about Roma 2020-21 in Serie A in Europe. Um, Thank you for joining me. And always, Forza Roma. Ciao.